welcome to the only podcast that's all about Fort Meade, our community, and life in the military. I'm your host, Joe Nieves. And I'm your co-host, Sherry Kuyper, and you're listening to Fort Meade Declassified. And now a word from our public affairs officer, Chad Jones. Hey, Team Meade. It's your favorite PAO here with another dose of gibber. One year and counting. That's where we're at with this COVID mess. A year of mass mandates, takeout meals, homeschooling, and Zoom calls. Or technically teams if you're on a government system. It's been a year that has pushed us beyond anything we thought as normal. And after this year, I'm sure we've all picked up some things that are going to be normal from here on out. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be carrying a mask and hand sanitizing at least for a few months after anything's required. Come to it because I'm also the same guy who's still writing 2020 at the end of his dates. But of course, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because masks aren't going anywhere anytime soon. And that leads me to the question I pose to you today. It's a question we're all going to have to answer. Are we going to sprint towards that light at the end of the tunnel like Usain Bolt in the Olympics? Or are we going to grit our teeth and bear the slow, methodical path towards a full recovery? Based on new DOD guidance, Fort Meade will be doing the latter plus some. Some of the new rules the Ford is putting out, or the DOD is putting out, let me be clear on that, the DOD is putting out, are going are gonna to be tough. For example, me having to wear my mask to go around Burba Lake seems pretty extreme, but I can also imagine it's worse for those residents who now have to mask up just to have a backyard barbecue. But right now, that's where we're at. Good news is our leadership is working to find some common sense solutions to this new DOD directive. But in lieu of those, please remember that as difficult as those new rules play out, it won't be nearly as hard as for us to go through another COVID setback. So with that, enjoy the rest of your COVID day, hit some of the spring, and remember... Baseball started, so it can't be all bad. Here's a quick public service announcement from Sherry Kuyper. Here's a look at some things happening around the fort. Is your significant other stressing you out during the pandemic? Maybe it's time for a lesson in relationship resiliency. The Family Advocacy Program is presenting the Five Love Languages, a relationship enrichment class on March 18th at 1 p.m. Participants will get information and tips on recognizing their individual love language as well as their partners. The goal is to help others tap into their love languages, enhance their relationships and communication skills. The Army Emergency Relief Campaign is underway now and runs until May. The AER office provides emergency financial assistance to soldiers, both active and retired, and to reservists and guards activated under Title 10 for 30 days or more. This assistance extends to their family members with the soldiers' consent and also their widows and orphans. Army Community Services is offering a free virtual program on March 18th. This program is presented by the Securities and Exchange Commission and will focus on investing. Call the Fort Meade Financial Readiness Office today to sign up. All links for these items can be found in the episode 28 show notes.
Every year, the Anne Arundel Public Schools Board of Education has a student representative with full privileges, just like every other member of the board. And this year, that student board member is Drake Smith. He's a mid-high senior, and he's here today to have a very real conversation with us about education. Drake, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So, so Drake, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I've been living in Anne Arundel County all my life, actually, the uh, same house, right across from the base set uh, in Seven Oaks. I went to Seven Oaks Elementary School. I went to MacArthur Middle School. Now I'm at Mead High School, where I'm currently in the International Baccalaureate Diploma Program, the IB Diploma Program. Um, a lot of people, when they visit, or when they come to get stationed at Fort Mead in, in Maryland, they say, you know, Maryland's kind of boring compared to like Texas, Florida, California, Hawaii. I'm like, whoa, you know, I've been living here all my life. Texas? Texas yeah. is super boring. It's just really big. We're way more exciting than Texas. Yeah, you know, we have a little bit of everything. They say we're like a America in miniature. That's what they say about Maryland. You know, I just really grown to love Maryland because my family really has roots in Maryland, especially Anne Arundel County, Prince George's County. My grandfather went to Bates High School. That was the all-black high school during segregation. My grandmother went to Arundel other grandfather went to Bates as well, and their kin- kids ended up, ended up marrying each other, right? Such a small world, such a tight-knit tight community. Um, I just love it here. My mother went to Arundel. My father went to Southern High School. So I really know the county, and I'm really excited to be able to represent all the students and give them a voice because I'll, I'll just tell you quickly, a lot of students feel like they don't have a voice, and I'm going to, you know, really bridge that gap between the Board of Education and the, and the student body. Yeah, I remember when I was in high school, I mean, it's hard to remember. For me, it was a lot longer ago than it is obviously for you, Drake, but I never felt like you're right. You don't feel like you have a voice. Who do you talk to? Where, what adults do you talk to to make anything really happen? And I would assume that has a little something to do with what made you decide to run for this position anyway. Yeah, well, first, I guess I'll give you the full Drake Smith story, right? Maybe yeah, sure. Movie one day. Um, so I've always felt like I've been outspoken. But when I was in elementary school, it was more like making sure I always answer the questions, right? Put my hand up, even if I didn't know it, right? Just to <laughs> have my voice be heard. Then in middle school, I started joining all the clubs. I could uh, maul you in after school soccer club, um, the robotics club. And, you know, I just really liked interacting with other students. Um, I have a twin brother and I always say twins are social creatures, you know, just, just like talking. And then, then in high school, no, then actually in eighth grade, I had learned about the student member of the Board of Education position. I was like, hey, that's pretty interesting. What's that, what's that all about? So I reached out to the then student member. Her name was uh, Lucia Cole, and she went to Chesapeake Science Point, right? She, she actually went to Mead, I think, and then she transferred to Chesapeake Science Point. So another person from this uh, West County area served on the school board. And, you know, we were supposed to meet at the Panera Bread over in Hanover, uh, you know, right by the mall. And I got there, I had my little notebook, little composition book, pencil, ready to take notes, eager to learn how to become a student member of the Board of Education. Um, she actually stood me up. I was like, hey, what happened? And then I come to find out she actually didn't have a ride. Um, so I was like, oh, that's fine. So then, you know, that was eighth grade. Then I kind of forgot about the position because high school happened. You know, high school, football games, homecoming, uh, all these extracurriculars, getting ready for college. A lot of stuff's just thrown at you, right? So you don't have time to think about this coveted position. But then in 10th grade, the NAACP, the Anne Arundel County NAACP Youth and College Division, they come into the school to register students to vote. I'm too young, so I'm like, okay, let's do the next uh, the next best thing. 
and I joined. I just joined, take out a membership and went to a few meetings, really fell in love because, you know, those type of community service, speaking engagements. They did. So, a, so you joined the NAACP. That's what you joined. Yeah, yeah awesome. I, I joined the Anne Arundel County NAACP Youth and College Division. Um, and then elections came after I went to a few meetings. And I said, you know, I want to run for president. Yeah, I'm going to run for president. Talk to my mom, the advisor. They said, hey, Drake, maybe run for vice president. It's only your first year. <laughs> I reluctantly said, sure. I'll run for vice president. I won. So then I was the vice president of the unit. But the president at the time, his name is Dewan Gay. Now, if that name sounds familiar. Sure does. Alderman in Annapolis now. Yep. And this was before. But then, you know, he, he won his seat as alderman and he had to step down. So I moved up to the position of president. It's funny how things work out. It's almost like the advisor knew that was going to happen. Yep. <laughs> um, and, you know, now I'm president. I'm doing all these speaking engagements. And then, and then I learned about the learn work more with the Board of Education and learn about their policies. Then I rediscovered the student of the Board of Education position. My predecessor is uh, Rita Alvey. She went to Annapolis. She's currently at uh, UMD. And, you know, I, I invite her to an NAACP meeting. She talks. She is just so eloquent. And I'm like, wow, you know, I could do that. I want to do that. So then I put more thought into it. And then elections come around in February. You know, I just run. I say, you know what, we're just going to run. If I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. I really thought I was going to lose because I hadn't been really involved in SGAs or like the school side of engagement. My mind was more about like community involvement with everyone and uh, or the entire kind, not just the school system. But I run and I run on empowering, engaging and elevating every student in Rona County Public Schools. And I realized that, you know, we're not going to have a lot of money Come, pan, come this pandemic and our, the budget we just passed proved that, um, you know, we had to cut a few things. And, you know, you know I, I say to myself, well, what do students want? And I realized, well, I'm asking what students want. I'm a student. What do I want? What do I want when, when I was not, you know, involved? And I just said, you know, pretty much a voice. So I wanted to open up the uh, SMOB election, student in the Board of Education, that's the nickname SMOB, to uh, every secondary student. So everyone knows that they have a student member. I want to, you know, try and curve mental health by encouraging more outside time and institute a, a um, break the stigma day, you know, about around mental health. Cause I think the biggest thing out there is not where to get help, right. The help's all around us. It's sure. really, really just asking for help. So all, you know, stuff like small things, you know, morning announcements, uh, voter registration, right. Every student should, uh, Jesse Jackson famously said, every student should walk across the stage with a diploma in one hand, voter registration in the other hand. Right. I think that's just something that we can do. Um, so, you know, the small stuff like that, because I know that each and everything you do is really going to affect the student's life and it's going to do it in a positive way. So I really just ran on a platform like Common Sense. And, you know, I said what I had to say and the students must have liked it because here I am now. So how exactly, uh, before we move on, how exactly does the election work to get you um, into the position? Who votes for you? Is it all the students in the county? How Can you just real quickly tell us how that works? Yeah, so the student board of education position, one where the, you said in the opening, I'm the only student member with a full vote in the entire nation, right? Maryland's unique in that most of our school districts have a student member, but I'm the only one that can vote every single thing. I'm just another board member. I just so happen to be also be a student. How it works is anyone can get nominated to be the student board of education. You have to be a junior of good standing, good character, um, and you nominate, and you have to get nominated by like two of your peers. So I had two of my closest friends nominate me. Then there's a waiting period. Then there's the interviews. 
So you can have up to as many students get nominated, but you can only have three official, three official candidates. So it goes from nominee to candidate through that interview process. So my year, we had six students that were nominated. So I had a 50-50 shot of winning, of, you know, of becoming an actual candidate. So the interview process happens and they basically just ask you basic questions like, you know, what are your plans? Give you some hypotheticals. Why do you want to do it? I must have gave some stellar answers because <laughs> here you are. once again, and um, made it through that process. Now I'm an actual candidate. So I'm like, okay, great. It's a pandemic. This was the start of the pandemic, March. I'm like, how am I going to get students' attention? I'm re- I'm dealing with one, students are cooped up inside and they're watching Netflix, specifically Tiger King. How am I going to get them to stop binge watching Tiger King and look at my campaign? It's hard to compete with Tiger King. I know. I mean, I'm just not that colorful, right? I was I was thinking about buying a cat and paying them uh, black and orange. You know, the tiger smile. But um, I said, what am I going to do? And I said, first, I, I just appealed. I, I'm a big baseball guy. I've been playing baseball since I was like three years old. And, you know, I just I basically threw a ball up. I made a video and I threw a ball up in the video. I smacked it with the baseball bat and I said, you know, I'm going to knock the, I'm going to knock the opportunity gap out the park. Right. And students loved it. Right. I said, okay, I just want to relate to the students. Cause I don't want them to think like I'm a politician. I'm stuck up. I want to think I'm really laid back. Cause I am just like them. I'm just a student who just wants to, you know, help his fellow students. So, you know, I hit the baseball and that was it. Got the ball rolling you know, literally. <laughs> um, and th- then I, I, you know, I'm running and I put out some flyers. I basically have um, town halls with students, meeting with students, just telling them, you know, like, listen, we've had a student member position for 47 years. I'm the 47th student member of the Board of Education, but no, no one really knows what that is. I'm like, that's a problem because representation is a two-way street. So I'm like putting my name out there, telling students vote for me. I'm going to really just advocate on your behalf. And they did that. And then in another video, I jumped out of tra- a recycling bin. It was clean, I swear, to promote recycling. I said, you know what? I'm in this tra- recycling bin to show that AACPS needs to recycle more. Just, you know, funny videos like that, but they're, they're serious too. I had my platform right behind it. Then we had a debate and I was just, you know, when you have a twin brother, you learn how to debate, right? Because, you know, I want to watch what I want to watch on TV. I, I have be- siblings. I don't know if it's called debating. But I like where you're going. <laughs> and we gotta keep it. We gotta keep it civil. That's right. <laughs> you know, reputation to keep. But um, so so I you know I did that. Uh, won the debate, and then, then it was election time. And how the election goes down is each school they send a delegation, and middle high schools is about it's only secondary schools, so just middle and high schools. Each high school has about twenty to like. You know, I think the smaller schools have like 18, the bigger ones have like 22. So anywhere between 18 and 22 students per school that vote. Middle school, it's between 10, 10 and 14, 10 and 14. So, you know, that's that's something about like what 400 kids at a 83,000 plus students. And I'm like, you know, that's why no one knows what a SMOB is. And I, 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 that's why this year I tried my hardest to open up SMOB voting to um, every single student, but I had some pushback from the student organization that runs it, Chesapeake Regional Association Student Councils. So hopefully we can get it done next year. Just had a little bit of pushback. You know, we're really going to push for it. Um, and, and so that's that's really the election process. And they won. And whoever has the most votes out of the three candidates is declared the next student member of the Board of Education. Well, so I, 
it's I'm, I'm listening to your story and you said at, at a point that you thought you weren't going to win but after listening to you describe all the things you've done it's it's pretty easy to understand how, how you ended up where you are I appreciate so that. and you deal every, yeah <laughs> and everything you you do uh, with the board it affects multiple schools within the district and everything like that correct yes every single school uh, every single school and all the students, staff, you know, the families that, you know, have children in the school system, pretty much, you know, a lot of people on the daily. So, so having that much interaction with, with all these other schools, what would you, and I'm going to bring it back around to, what's your favorite thing about me high school? You know what, I would think it's truly the community and the history, you know, coming from that military, you know, being on a military installation, we're the only school that you know has that right we have a, such a unique community surrounding us we have a lot of support and you know just small things that we think are normal like the uh what the five o'clock alarm right when i'm practicing baseball for the team that goes off we all stop you know put our uh, hand over our chest and just you know wait that uh minute you know just to show our respect to the end of the military working day or you know likewise you know at 6 a.m right that's my wake-up call you know, when we play other schools, they were like, what, what's that sound? What's that sound? They got alarmed. We're like, no, no, that's just what they do on base. It's normal. So it's just small things like that. But but also it's just really it's the community. Like, unfortunately, you know, Mead has a bad reputation, but that's not the case at all. It's truly a lot of bright students, wonderful teachers who really care about the school and the surrounding community. And they want the students to succeed. So really, I, I really like the community. It's not like that regular high school community, right, where, you know, it's kind of like I don't know, the cliche pep rally and the cliche football game and the big parade. Ours is more like it's every day, right? You get help in this class, you get help after school. Then you have these wonderful opportunities through like the NSA internship or um, um, JROTC, the home, Homeland Security Signature Program, AVID, International Baccalaureate. It's just all these different programs where Mead, if if you're interested in, you, you can um, dabble in a lot of things at Mead, I should say, right? If you're interested in like art or the performing arts. I was in the band. I played trombone. I was also in the jazz band. Um, if you're interested in athletes, great athletic programs, great coaches, great coaches. I ran indoor track, played baseball, like I said. Or if you just want to, I guess, just hang out with your teachers. A lot of teachers will just stay after school and talk to students. And it's really just that sense of community that I really love about Mead. What is what are some things that you wish you could change about Mead High School? Yeah, you know, like I said, the reputation, you know, some stuff happened in the past. And, you know, a lot of people, sad to say, think that that's still our school community when it's not. It's really not. Like I said, we have a lot of bright students. So if I could change, that would be the number one thing. Make people see Mead the way I see it, you know. And I think once we get that new building, that's going to change, right? I think it's sad to say, but, you know, beauty's on the outside for a lot of people. Once they see that shiny new building, then they'll see like, oh, maybe they have something to offer because because we really do. We truly do. Well, and it's not even the building per se, but, you know, I mean, Mead, Mead could use some updates like, yeah, you know, is. so it's kind of it's motivating. Like, hey, you're, you're getting, I mean, there's millions and millions of dollars going into this building. So the students, they'll have a building to, to match their motivation. 100 percent, 100 percent, you know, both ways. And then, then also with that, not just the building, but the surrounding, you know, Mead, we don't really have like a school sign out front because of the construction on 175 it hasn't been that way since like my freshman year. And they, even then the sign was, it was nice, but it was older, it wasn't electronic. So one thing I'd want like a nice sign 
that all, shows all our programs, like it has the IB logo, Avid, Project Lead the Way, a Homeland Security Signature Program, um, you know, maybe even like the U.S. Army logo says we're on Fort Meade. Something real nice to show people that, hey, this is state-of-the-art school making leaders for the 21st century. We talked a little bit about, you know, you trying to reach out to students and then being distracted, sitting at home, watching Tiger King. Would you? So what would you say are the biggest challenges students are facing during this pandemic? I think really uh, isolation, number one, just because you can't see your friends like normal. Really, the, the world has really been turned upside down. And another big one really is that home life balance. Like take me right now, I'm sitting in my bedroom. I've been on you know computers since 7.30 this morning, class, 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 meeting. Now I'm on this podcast. And I'm not saying that because I'm complaining. I enjoy doing that. But I'm saying it because, you know, you're stationary. Before you would go to school, first you would go from home to school, then you'd bounce around school. You might have a field trip in there, something after school. But now you're just looking at, you know, the same street, uh, you know, maybe in the same, you know, same street, same uh, um, surroundings. And it can get boring and all the days can get lumped together and it can get very, very, it can make us be unmotivating and it can make students lethargic. So, you know, that home life balance, I would say, finding a direct cutoff with work. Because before home, you knew school, once you stepped through the threshold of your door, you knew school, the school day was over, right? It was done. But now students are doing, you know, homework after school in their bedroom. They can't go anywhere. So really just trying to keep students motivated is very big challenge and let them know that this too shall pass. Yeah, Joe and I had this exact conversation before you jumped on for this podcast because I was telling Joe, I was like, I've been staring at the same walls. I can't go anywhere. I'm completely unmotivated. And my home was my refuge. So like you said, you know, at the end of my work day, I was excited to come home. I love being home, but now it's like I'm always here. And so, and I can imagine that, you know, the students must feel the same way. And like you were saying, you know, at school, you know, you have trips, you're changing classrooms, you're seeing your friends in your hall, the hall, you're hanging out at lunchtime, your activities, and it does. And so we're, you know, us adults need to take note that we're feeling that way too. So are the students because they're dealing with the exact same thing. Everyone, you know, it's just the monotony of it. Right. It was fun at first. Right. Watch Tiger King, but only X amount of episodes. And I'm not going to watch now. There's only so much stuff you can watch on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, even though now I'm really watching uh, Attack on Titan. That's an anime. Um, Okay. Oh, very. Get me started. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, the are you caught up to the uh, to the current season? No, I've heard uh, I've heard some uh, game changing stuff, but I haven't been able to catch up. So. Okay, I won't spoil I got it. it. I appreciate that. <laughs> but, you know, and that, that's another thing. Like, I, I, students are unmotivated, but I think also this virtual environment has allowed students to connect with students, you know, all across the county. Like me, I don't have to, like, you know, drive down for this podcast or drive from school to home to another engagement. I just, I mean, I mean yeah, it's nothing, you know, it's nice to be in person, but also I can connect with more people quicker. And you've seen students... Uh, forge friendships across schools, uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers, high schooler here, high schooler there. Um, and there's, you know, game clubs. Um, last night I had a game night with a few of some students from, you know, all around, all around the county. That's a silver lining to it. You know, we can, you can still connect because I was, I was talking with some people and like, imagine this pandemic 10 or 15 years ago, right? You know, what would we even be doing? I mean, 
I can't imagine. Like all this technology we have now. I mean, I never heard of a Zoom or a Microsoft Teams meeting before this or a Google Meet. And now, you know, I'm on one every single day. So I can't imagine what it would be like without this technology. Yeah, I hope that post-pandemic, we can find balance, that we can still keep those amazing connections because you're absolutely right. We, we can do some really amazing stuff with this technology, but we need to get out of our dang houses, right? <laughs> Like, we need to go hang out with our friends and in person, but I do agree. I've, I've personally experienced, like, just like you said, connecting with people you like across the country, around the world in some cases. And that's a really cool thing to be able to do. So what are some of the struggles that you think that the students face outside of the pandemic? So what are, so take away the pandemic and, you know, we're, we're back to normal. What are some um, students or struggles rather that students are facing that you think the adults in the room need to be aware of? It's horror, you know, because we're in this pandemic for almost a year. I think we're like 11 days shy of like a- I was gonna say, it's it's coming up on a year like next week, yeah. So it was hard to <laughs> think back to before I was a student member, before the pandemic, I would say college and career readiness. A lot of students struggle to find, you know, what they want to do in school. Um, you know, what career path is right for them I think a lot of students also struggled with finding their voice, you know, being confident in what they have to offer. Because I think, you know, this whole digital age with social media, it, it can be nice because you're connecting people, but then it can be bad because you can just be surrounding yourself with just the rich and famous, right? Yeah. And the kids, you know, they're millionaires, they're you know, rappers, they're, you know, performing artists. And you're like, what am I doing at 18 years old? I mean, some of my friends said like, Drake, I don't, what am I doing? Like you're the student member of the board of education and I'm just sitting at home doing my homework. So I think that's, a, you know, students finding their voice and knowing that, you know, just you are somebody and you're worth it, right? No matter, you know, what, what your bank account looks like or what you've done, how many awards are on the wall, just you being you is all that matters. And that's then right. also, then also, you know, it's really hard to think to go way back in a year. Been here, may, just, may, or even just struggles that have nothing to do with the pandemic. Oh. Like you know, what are what are this? You know, I think because um, like you said, you know, just what you're talking about now with social media, your generation's really probably one of the first generations to grow up completely in the digital age. So Joe and I, we grew up. You know, we were older when the digital age came about. And, um, you know, I was in college before I was even on Facebook. Now there's like eight-year-olds on Facebook, you know, or, or younger. Um, so I grew up knowing that a lot of what I see on Facebook isn't necessarily, that's, you know, it's our resume, right? It's, it's yes. just, you know, the good things that we're showing. Um, and, you know, I think that's very hard for, for generations like yours, who that's all you've ever seen. And it's like, how do you know the difference between the you know what's what's real and true and then what they're just kind of fronting and putting out there to show off yeah so you know it's not all sunshine rainbows but i think you know it leads to mental health like i was saying i want to institute a break the stigma day because a lot of students they feel like they can't do it or you know what's the point and then they go to a dark place and you know it's okay to go to a dark place right that's just human nature but it's not okay to stay there it's not okay to stay there and feel like there's no point to it all so really just trying to break the stigma and just ask for the help. I mean, suicide is a epidemic. It was epidemic before this pandemic among, sure. among, among the youth. And really that's really just knowing that, you know, it gets dark sometimes 
but the morning come. That's another Jesse Jackson quote. I mean, just, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. And then especially now with this pandemic. So, you know, those are just a few issues I think students have been dealing with. And I think that, um, you know, I'm trying to do my best to help, help students cope. Yeah. but And Joe and I talk a lot about mental health on this podcast because, you know what, adults have the same problem, Drake. Mm-hmm. This isn't, this isn't, you know, this stigma doesn't just plague uh, the youth. It also plagues the, the adults. And even in the army, you know, we're trying to let people know, like, it's okay to seek help. Like, it's fine. And, you know, um, we spoke, Joe, you can even chime on this. We've had folks who said um, every person has mental health to worry about, you know, and it's just taking care of it, you know. We take care of high cholesterol. That's something you won't have to worry about for a long time, but we'll take care of that, but we won't take care of our mental health and how, and how silly that really is when you sit there and, and think about it. What I like about what you were saying is that you want to break the stigma. And it's great that you're talking about it with people your age and you, and you guys are so young because when you get to be an adult, sometimes people haven't developed those coping mechanisms or the things that they need to do to be healthier mentally, and it can lead to those darker days, you know? So it's really great that you're talking about this now and you're trying to get it to be more uh, verbal uh, at this point in everybody's life. So that's really good. It's great to hear. Thank you. You know, I, I had a town hall um, last Wednesday and, you know, I just wanted to see, just gauge ideas students had because I think, you know, a lot of students know what they're facing but just like me, they probably have ideas to come up with it. And it really turned into a conversation of like hope, you know, like this is nice to talk about it, right? Of course, I'm not in no position to give advice on mental health, but it's nice just to talk about it and be open. Like you said, you'd be surprised how many more people than you think have struggled with this. And, you know, one kid in the town hall said we got to start treating it like any other condition, like you were saying with the high cholesterol. But he said it's something students actually deal with, um, like broken bones. Right, when you have a broken bone, you still try to hide it. That sounds like a whole other issue. The students at Mean Hire deal with broken bones. What are no, y'all doing? No, not, not, and no, this is actually a student from Severna Park. Not just broken bones, of course, but um, I'm kidding. Yeah, but um, you know, he's trying to say like, you know, why are we hiding it? We gotta treat it like a broken bone or or a concussion, right? We know the protocol when you get a concussion. You play a sport, right? Your coach checks you out. You know, let's just make that calling practice with mental health just check up on somebody say hey how are you doing how are things been thinking about you i mean you nailed it on the head like that that's exactly that's fantastic like joe and i i mean just just before you know again before you jumped on you gave us a few minutes to catch up because joe and i haven't seen each other in a while and we were just kind of checking in with each other and venting a little bit about how stressful things have been from the pandemic that alone makes you feel better yeah. And to know that, you know, uh, you know, just just because other people are, are getting through it differently than you, you know, it's it's OK to, to think that this pandemic sucks sometimes and yeah. it's OK to, to not like it. And it's OK to, you know, to not be thrilled about it, you know, but it's great that you and these other students are reaching out to your fellow students and checking in on them. And that's I'm just it's just so refreshing to hear that, which it makes me think yeah. that we're going to tackle this stigma quicker because, you know, Joe and I's generation, we're trying to tackle it now and your generation's coming up behind already addressing it. So that makes me feel good about the future. Yeah. Fingers crossed. That's right. Yeah. That's fantastic. So uh, I got to ask, what other uh, big ideas do you have for, uh, for Meet High? For, for me specifically, um, like I said, really trying to turn around that 
uh, reputation. Um, really, my well, the big stuff, you know, right now to turn into onto Mead, um, the road is called uh, MacArthur Road, and a lot of people can get that confused with like the on base side because like Mead splits the road in half. And I was like, why don't we name it Mustang Way? You know, just something small like that. You know, gives students like, oh. Okay, yeah, I go to school, Mead High School on Mustang Way, right? You know, something small that the stuff right now is just adding pride to the school. Because right now, I uh, told Colonel Nyland this. I told him that, you know, Mead feels like a, a school on base. And let's turn it into a school a part of the base. And, you know, small stuff like adding more signage, you know, maybe getting some U.S. Army logos or Fort Meade logos, um, and truly not make, you know, make when people come to Fort Meade, don't make it like, oh, yeah, I, I had a station over in Maryland, but I was in Maryland and it was fantastic, right? It's, the crabs was just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> crabs are just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I agree. I would love to see that. Um, I was actually on that call when you were talking to Colonel Island and I was like, man, this kid's got some great ideas of how we could embrace each other a little bit more. And I like, I like the idea of Mustang way. Now I have no, I get no say in that, but it sounds, yeah. sounds good to me. So Drake, uh, as we were talking, so you're the student elected board member, you, um, you know, you take leadership roles in your NAACP chapter I don't know what I was looking at recently, but I saw your picture winning some sort of leadership award out in the community. And, you know, what's the future look like for Drake Smith? Whoa, well, well, definitely a four-year college or university um, applied to a number of schools, have one in mind. I don't want to put anything in stone yet. Um, really, at this point, you know, whoever gives me the most money, because money talks, <laughs> I'm sure we all know student debt ain't no joke. And um, no. My older brother and sister, my older brother went to Morehouse College in Georgia. My sister went to Virginia State University, you know, both HBCUs. So I definitely want the HBCU experience. But, you know, they're still paying off like student loans and they're trying to get their lives started. And I'm like, you know, if I can eliminate that, you know, maybe come out of uh, college without, you know, paying a penny, you know, I'll, I'll have a jump start. I'll have a jump start. And really, I want to major in like political science or public policy, something definitely with government. And then really you know, come out of school, hopefully stay in Anne Arundel County, right? Stay in Maryland, stay close to home and just keep affecting that change. Cause I don't want to, you know, do all this as a teenager and go somewhere else and, you know, try and start from scratch. I want to stay right here and just, you know, I want kids coming up to have a childhood I had, you know, one of a lot of experiences in the local area, one of their like proud of their history of the local area. And, and one where they, can dream big, I guess. They can dream big. They don't have to go off somewhere else to, you know, be successful. They can stay right here. So, you know, whatever I can do and, you know, whatever path that takes me, you know, I, don't, I didn't give a specific like career path because I've been talking with a number of people and they told me like they never dreamed of being where they are today, right? They didn't come out of high school saying, I want to do this or that. I want to do something completely different. They were like, the door just opened and I walked through. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, I guess, hopefully, you know, something happens like that to me, maybe an elected office in the future, but you know, who knows, who knows, mm-hmm. but you know, see Drake Smith on the ballot, just check yes, because Drake is great. Drake is great. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say, Drake, because when, when's this presidential run going to happen for you? Because I see big things in your future. And if you're ever looking for some good uh, public affairs folks, give Joe and I a call. We'll be, we'll be happy to work for you. Fantastic. We can run the uh, Maryland campaign. There you go. There you go. 
Drake is great for president. Before we close, I want to give a quick plug. You were asking about the election for the student in the Board of Education. Sad to say, but my time's coming to an end. It's only a one-year term. That's the beauty of it because you get you know so many students coming through. But to all you juniors or if you're a parent of a junior or you know a junior, um, you know, the election periods open up. You have to get you have your nomination forms in by uh, March 13th. So just visit www.aacps.org slash smob, aacps.org slash smob. And you can find all the information to be the next student member of the Board of Education. If you feel, really feel like you can make change like me, go for it. You know, that's, that's the number one piece of advice I can give to any student. Just go for it. All your dreams. It sounds cliche, but it's cliche. And so many people say it because it works. It's sound advice. Just go for it. And it'd be, wouldn't it be great if we could have another Mead student up there? Like that'd yes, be absolutely. And, and Drake, I mean, you've done such great things. I know we focused a lot on Mead today. I mean, because we have a special interest, obviously, in Mead. And we're very proud of the work that you've done in representing Mead um, and all the work that you've done for, for the rest of the county, too, because I think it's important to note you don't just focus on Mead. You focus on all the schools in the county. You're representing all of those students. Um, and that's great work. And it has not gone, gone unnoticed um, by the Fort and by the Fort leadership. So Fort leadership's a big fan of Drake Smith. So that's fantastic. That we'll well. have we'll have our ballads ready. <laughs> All right. That's fantastic. Okay, Joe. That was awesome. I've been looking forward to this yeah. interview for months. Uh, he is a busy young man. Um, if you couldn't tell <laughs> in the interview, I'm so glad we finally got to sit down <laughs> and chat with him. Yeah, it, it was great to actually, because, um, you, you know, you've been in meetings and you've you've heard, you know, the great things that he's been doing and his ideas. It, it was great for me to finally be, be able to hear it from, you know, from the lion's mouth. I, I, I got to say, I was never this aware at that age. Like he just, his his mind is light years ahead of where kids my age were when I was his age. Yeah, I mean, I have to tell you, Joe, I... I don't even know that I would have cared, you know, at his yeah. age to even be this involved with something. And, and I don't say that. I mean, I just, like you said, it's just boggles my mind. He's light years ahead of his time. Oh yeah. I was going to say, um, it's really, it's really great to hear how much he does in the community too. Like before he became the president, he, he went with the local chapter of the NAACP. Like, that's really great to hear. Like, like he seems like he has this voice of the community kind of thing going and that's great at his age. Yeah. And I really appreciate it. And I know I, Joe, I'm sure you feel the same way his comments on mental health and yes. that, that the kids are talking about this. So I yeah. really do believe that like, if we keep talking about it, not like you and I, like we're not going to solve mental health issues, but if we adults keep talking about it and the kids keep talking about it, we'll eventually come together where we're all talking yeah. about it and it becomes a normal thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here, here's hoping that the, you know, his generation finds that way to really truly break that stigma and, and get everybody talking about it and, learning those coping mechanisms and, and, and being better, you know? Yeah, I can't, I can't wait till his presidential run. He was being very humble today, um, but I, I think we're gonna see big things from that young man in the future. Absolutely. All right, remember, Drake is great. <laughs> look, look, for, look for him on future ballads in Anne Arundel County, across the state, across the nation, right? <laughs> 
Thank you for joining us on the show. Uh, just remember, you can find this podcast on iTunes and at DividsHub.net. Uh, we look forward to your your feedback and your questions, and we'll talk to you guys uh, next episode.